1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Jacobs. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald.
0: Damon, how are you? We are good. Um, day, whatever it is, of uh, this little fun thing the whole world's going through. Everybody's going through it. I hope everybody is safe. I hope everybody's washing their hands uh, and staying home and uh, doing all the right things that we are being asked to do. It's uh, inconvenient, yes is it uh troubling yes it is uh safety first right we can put the pro wrestling on hold for a little bit joel right and uh get through this and then uh there's there are brighter days ahead we will all smile again one day
1: talk to us about yakuza
0: because i'm oh. very envious of you getting to play yeah that. it's cool i i definitely dig it um yeah, I was on the fence, and it was on sale, and uh, we had recommendations to that, that I might like that a little bit more. Which uh, version did you sh- playing? Just just so we're clear, um, six, six. Uh, so I guess it would be one of the newest ones. I just kind of wanted the graphics; like, I wanted it to look like <laughs> I was just really wanted to, to to walk around Tokyo. To be quite honest with you, just to get all the feels, uh, and it is amazing. What what? I mean, I haven't gotten too deep into it. Um, it's very story heavy in the beginning, at least. Um, it felt like I was just sitting here watching a fucking movie for a long period of time. I wasn't really touching my controller at all. Uh, but it's cool, man. Once you get into that city, uh, I mean, it's based off of Chico, is it? Um, which is the seedy part of Tokyo. And, uh, again, you can go into, you know, the equivalent of like a family mart and it looks the same and you can buy food and uh there's all kinds of seedy things and you fight gangs and so you could buy food so can you purchase
1: crisps and or strong zeros or some Uh, sort of game equivalent
0: yeah game equivalent yeah so you can go to vending machines and you have stuff that looks like um that Picari sweat um it looks like a, a, a vending machine in Tokyo would. Um, it v- is eerily similar. You know the boss coffee, right? Um, yes, and then you go and you can go into like a, a family mart or whatever you know the game calls it, um, and you can buy a bento box. You can buy uh, onigiri. You can buy drinks. You can buy um, pff, rom- You know. It's you're going to a family mart. It's unbelievable, um, and you kind of need it because you do have to feed, you ha- you do have to eat, and you do have to drink um, to maintain certain energy levels. So it's cool so far. I'm loving it. Um, I haven't played it in two days, but uh, it's just been extremely busy work. But uh, yeah, I think that I think that was a quality purchase. I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it. I'm definitely enjoying it. Tell me about like maybe one moment the highlight so far where you've
1: been to a place where you've been like oh i know this place i've been there and it's brought back some nice memories for you
0: part of the um the the backstory they give you a little bit of backstory to lead you into you know what what your goals and, and and the mission of the game is and um it's a pop singer and she's at. They call it the uh, Japan Dome, but it's obviously the Tokyo Dome, right? And they show all around the Tokyo Dome. I'm like, oh fuck, it's the fucking Tokyo Dome. Um, and then again, like, it's it's you know, Kobushiko is you know has that uh, arch that right before you go into that walkway, that street that's just littered with signage and lights, and it's um, just an amazing thing at night. Um, it truly is that you know that Japanese Tokyo. I don't want to say Blade Runnerish, you know, feel that people kind of yeah you know, want that. That,
1: that. that is where Blade Run, Run was filmed, isn't it? I think that so. District. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, I think so. Um, so it's that you know, and I, I think, like I said, just the sillier things. I haven't really. There was one time I wound up in a uh, gentleman's club. Uh, um. Uh, but I did not partake. Damon, I, can I you looked... stick to
1: telling us about the video game, please?
0: <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. Yes, uh, the video game. Uh, the yeah. So I haven't done I haven't done a million things yet. But just walking around, um, like I said, the vending machines are the same. Like even the little slots, like where you would put the coins, are exactly where of vi- uh, the vending machine would, would have it. Um, and were you telling Cheryl you're like look Cheryl the slots oh, the slots are the same I swear, to God. <laughs> I swear to God I was like I was like I, I, can I, I want to show you something and I'm usually involving a boob or something <laughs> so she gets up reluctantly um, and I was like I got this video game and it, it's. I said the best way to describe it is it's, and again I know it's not but I just just to kind of get from point A to point B I was like it's kind of like Grand Theft Auto but it the setting is Tokyo. And I showed her the first cut scene where he first get, goes back to Tokyo. And she's like, holy shit. She's like, can you walk around here? I was like, yeah, you can like walk around the street. So we walked around a little bit. She was, she, and she was impressed. She was just like, wow, holy shit. This is pretty great. So she's like, you're going to be here for days. I was like, yep. <laughs> see, see, ya. see, you Wednesday. Um, it's cool. I, I definitely like it so far. Um, and and I, I tell you what, like I said, the one thing that I that at the very least, I've gotten a new appreciation for video games. I've always liked video games, but I've never really um, jumped too hard in. But between this and Fire Pro Wrestling, I am I am the I am so into the Fire Pro Wrestling with what they. I know you're not into the Fire Pro, Joel, but I. I'm amazed at the creations that some of these people make. Like they have this thing where you can customize body parts and heads, and the heads are so lifelike. Like they, I sound like in Goodfellas. They look like the real thing. Um, I I've been organizing my rosters, you know, making sure that my NWA guys are in my NWA folder and you know my All Japan. Deleting all all the women wrestlers. (laughs) <laughs> no, I have, I have a few. I have quite a few. Um, it's amazing how how much detail these creators put in. And again, you can customize the ring. So again, that you can get you know Noah's ring in 1990. You can get an exact replica. You can get uh, Crockett's NWA ring for Great American. You know, it's that kind of detail. Spectrum. You know, so one of my favorite rings is a, is a Spectrum ring um, from you know. The early '80s, but it's just like okay, it's hitting all the nostalgia buttons. Uh, I had I had somebody I paid somebody to make a super J ring. It looks amazing. Love it. Play with it all the time. Um, the ring mat has our logo. The the turnbuckle pads have our logo on it. It's fucking cool. Um, so you just need to commission
1: someone to make you as a wrestler because you love playing with yourself, don't you?
0: ah i do i love i love it I'm stroking it uh we should have a bell for dig jokes today Because <laughs> there's nothing to talk about yeah that, that was uh, on the agenda like
1: i said to you just pull back the curtain a bit this is the first time in the history of the super j cast where there's literally no news there's nothing on my notepad file and usually even in like slow weeks there's a few little tidbits but i've just got fuck all here so our plan was just to fill an hour and a half with dick jokes. And um, we've opened the floodgates now, so let's keep Give it going. Up. Up. <laughs> but, 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 there's another one. <laughs> oh, there's another one.
0: <laughs> right. 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 Uh, don't want to limp behind. Um, yes. So again, video games are going f- smashingly so far during this pandemic. I like saying pandemic. I don't know why. I find it to be, uh, I don't know. Did you ever think you'd be living in a pandemic? <laughs>
1: I like the word pandemic because there's a very good board game called pandemic and it's unique because it's one of the few board games that I know at least where you have to work together to uh, fight against a global pandemic so there's Mm -hmm. that and also for anyone who's seen the wire I think one of the drugs was called pandemic I just remember like the kids in the street
0: walking around like pandemic pandemic
1: so (laughs) a lot of fondness for the
0: word pandemic I'm with you there um, I, I could use some pandemic. We're gonna get some. We're gonna score some pandemic. I'm down. There's got to be
1: like a wrestling stable or a tag team or something called pandemic. Or, or some sort of I'm move? aware of.
0: Yeah, I think pandemic is not used enough in pro wrestling. We need we need more of it. New Japan pandemic.
1: There's a there's a pun in there
0: somewhere. <laughs> so we can find it. Well, you know we're good at that. But yeah, video games are good. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I you know what I wanted to ask you. Uh, specifically about video games, being that we do a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. Um, I need suggestions, and maybe our listeners can help out because they're uh, big into the video gaming as well. Uh, I need a suggestion. So, are there video games, and I haven't done a lot of digging, so keep bear that in mind. I could easily do a Google search, but lazy. Um, are there video games that are like escape rooms? That can be played with a a significant other to help solve a puzzle to escape a room.
1: Uh, Portal, Portal Two. There's some good uh, co-op on Portal Two. Okay. Sorry about the noise. That's all right. We know that.
0: Listen, Lally just came up
1: to me. She's holding the baby, and she's like, "I want to wash some clothes. Can you take the baby?" I was like, "Okay." puts her in my arms. And like seconds later, she starts crying. So. I is a conspiracy. I think they both know, well, obviously Mally knows, but I think Esther knows as well that I'm trying to record, so she's just trying to fuck up the recording. But yeah, Portal Two,
0: uh, and listeners, okay. if you have any suggestions as well, uh, let us know. Yeah, yeah, let us know. I mean, again, more of a of a escape room kind of thing, kind of feel, but something that's not too difficult. Again, Cheryl's not what you would call Miss Gamer. She's not Ms. Gamer. Um. So yeah, anything that uh, that is along those lines that would be helpful, or like games geared towards six year olds, apparently, because that's that's her wheelhouse. She likes those games where it's like you're a chef and you have to make a bunch of meals for people. I don't know. I don't. What did I marry? Christ, almighty. <laughs> yeah, uh, I used
1: to play one like that on the Diet yeah, Cooking Mama. Don't like Cooking, Cooking Mama. Mama? Okay all right well we'll look for
0: cooking mama that's mama right. who's so cooking. you're not
1: cooking someone's
0: mama that would be horrible That'd be terrible that'd be terrible um so how is the give us a give everybody an update on life in the hotel I know that is a big talking point a big discussion point on our discord and uh, all avenues of the internet is how Joel's hanging out uh, in the hotel give us an update please.
1: Exactly the same as it was last week Um, (laughs) I've been watching a lot of Better Call Saul uh, Which I'm enjoying as a Breaking Bad fan The highlight of my day is when I sit down in the afternoon And have this Thai snack called Mian Kham Which is, uh, I think they're betel leaves So a little leaf And then you make like a little parcel inside the leaf With some like kind of sweet coconut tamarind sauce Some dried coconut, a bit of chilli dried shrimp, ginger, shallot, and lime. And it's delicious. It's so nice, because you get this little sort of burst of all these different flavours in your mouth. So I I sit there and I'm really geeky about I count the number of leaves they put in the packet and then I make calculations accordingly. So if there's like (laughs) twenty leaves in the packet, then I'm cutting up my lime into twenty pieces to make sure that I'm gonna get an even mouthful in in each bite so that's what's happened okay. to my life <laughs> what a sad indictment <laughs> where I am now as a person um what else I had Nashville hot chicken for the first time yesterday that was great love that yeah. um that's literally it there is no other news <laughs> just like New Japan I got nothing for you I'm sorry oh my oh no I'll tell you gracious. one thing that, that, that there's a bit of news for as far as my school goes there yes. is some talk to reopen the school May the 11th, which obviously I can't be a part of, given that I'm not allowed in the country. So all of the teachers oh. who are still in the city are going to have to, like, teach all the kids for us. Whilst oh. and, and the principal is like, oh, you you guys who are not in Shaman, you can figure out ways to help. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah, of course. I'll, I'll, I'll think of something. Yeah, I'll, I'll support you guys. I'll help come up with ideas. And uh, <laughs> then I'm, like, behind the scenes, I'm like, Pfft,
0: holiday, <laughs> right <laughs> hey, are you would you if instantly you could take what you have right now or just just drop right on in everything's sorted you're back home what, what, what would you take
1: oh yeah i would definitely opt for going home rather than yeah. staying here because you know i miss my home and like uh, i've mentioned before like it seems like life in shaman is pretty much back to normal so i just miss things like you know going to the park and going to my favorite little cafes and stuff you know the small things that you take for granted that now when you're cooped up you really start to miss
0: what can can you explain what exactly is the issue like what the fuck is the is the is the problem getting you home
1: uh, China have The main issue is China won't allow any foreigners To come in the country It doesn't matter if they've got visas, work permits, whatever No foreigners are allowed in So that's the main one uh, And I'm still waiting for Esther's passport uh, When that comes Then I can hypothetically apply for her Chinese visa oh, And also wait for Mali's passport Oh and also there are no uh, Flights from Thailand to China As far as I know So Quite a few Obstacles in the way, so I
0: uh, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So, oh my goodness! All right, listen. Can we? Do you need anything? Is th- no. This is your time. No, 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 really no, no stop, 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 stop. You you need anything? This is the time to milk our audience for <laughs> for for <laughs> things, right? This is the time. If if there's any, listen. We sat here and 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 begged for people to buy our fucking t-shirts. We've sat here and begged for people to throw us a couple bucks. Um, let's, let's have a little telethon. Let's have a little, uh, uh, a little, little something for Joel. What do you, if you could have one thing that you don't have in your possession right now to get you through this, what would it be?
1: I'm I'm really racking my brains. I, I can't think of anything, Damien, because it's not as if like I've got loads of free time to kill. So like, like you suggested before to get a PlayStation or whatever, because I, I don't think I'd have the time to play it, so I'll,
0: f- I'll have. How a about think. this? How about how about two girls and an April? Can would you want that? <laughs> <laughs> would that be good? Uh, can we make that happen? I'm sure we have some listeners that can help us out. There, right? Eh? I'm in the right uh, city for it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, you're right near. Is there is there a uh, a red light district uh, in that area? <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> all I've heard. I mean, not not that I've ever October. been there. <laughs> I would just ah yeah, I would have to see that. Uh, um, would would that work? Would the, would the strip clubs
1: work with social distancing? No, I don't think so. Are they all open? I doubt it. Yeah. I can't imagine sex workers being able to get much done with like the yeah. <laughs> what is it the two meter rule or something. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll Sitting just there. you sit on one side of the bed, I'll sit on the other side. We'll just stare lovingly into each other's eyes <laughs> for twenty minutes, right? And then you give me right. two thousand baht.
0: <laughs> right, right. I have this towel. I'll wave it violently. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it would be that would be the most disappointing sexual experience ever. Be like, ah, finally. Oh, I can't. Oh, like, oh. have you
1: seen *Demolition Man*? Uh, did I see? Is
0: that with Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, it's uh,
1: Sylvester oh. Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock. Where there's like a kind of dystopian future, and uh, Stallone is coming from the the past or, or what we would call the present and he goes into the future and then he's with Sandra Bullock and they go for a date and she's like would you like to have sexual intercourse and he's like yeah and then she's like putting on this helmet and then they're sort of sitting far apart and he's like what's going on and she was like what do you mean and he's like this is not having sex. Like, I'm regretting I'm regretting starting to describe this because it's not going to be funny or interesting <laughs> come on do it Dan edit funny. that out
0: <laughs> no keep it in there. um we need all the content we can get. Um, it, it what is it like? A, like a virtual helmet? Is that yeah, what we're basically. doing here? They wearing
1: virtual helmets, and then she's like, uh the the transmission of bodily fluids was outlawed fifty years ago, or something like that." So no. that's where
0: we are. All right, well, look. <laughs> a bit like my sex life. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I don't think I could ever do that. Like wear a helmet and do that, like the virtual reality thing. I don't think. I don't think I could ever do that. I say that, but without ever doing it but i don't know i just find i don't think strapping on a helmet to 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 jack off is really something <laughs> in my you know what i mean like it just seems yeah, like I, i'm an open minded
1: guy i would not i won't knock it until i've tried it so maybe someone send me a right. vr set and then
0: we'll have something to talk about all right let's do that people can we get joel a vr set how much <laughs> how much are we looking at like 300 no. bucks I don't know. The best I can hope
1: for from our listeners, and I will be very grateful to receive it, is probably crisps. But uh, yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, I, I'm i literally about two minutes away from this big supermarket where they've got a ton of imported stuff, and they've got like British crisps and food and stuff there. So I can't even play that angle because it's you know, it's fairly reasonably priced. So,
0: yeah. So we're still leaning toward the eight ball on the two girls. As, that's what you're <laughs> yeah, that, that is me. That's top of the list right now. Okay, just let's. All right, just just make sure we're clear. What, what about a uh,
1: sort of political pressure campaign to get China to reopen? <laughs> yeah, we yeah, we'll that? march
0: down. This- yeah, I'll, I'll I'll hold a rally in the streets of Haddon Township, New Jersey. Just to <laughs> I'm sure that'll that'll that a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that'll be a real mover and shaker. Ah, oh, crap. Um, I don't know, man. I just I don't I. I sit and I think about you often. It, like, just, man, I, I, I just want to... Like, the best news would be you shooting me a text and being... It's sorted. I'm on my way. But done. You know what I mean? Like, that would be just such a relief. I don't know. I know you I, that you do downplay it, and you're like, oh, well, I got this, and I got that, and I got... Uh, it, I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you what, man. your kid. What a life, right now, huh? It, 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 yeah, the Imagine story that, to you, that she
1: was born during
0: a fucking pandemic. Not yeah, yeah, and you know, the first month and a half of her life is, was in a hotel room. It's pretty crazy. But uh, truth be told, though, let's 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 pull back the curtain a little bit here. That fucking hotel room is a nice hotel room. It's not like you're sitting in a yeah. It's hardly business. a
1: hotel room, is it? It's more like a, an apartment. Yeah, like I've lived in smaller places than this.
0: Right. Right. You were showing me some of them, and I was like, I don't think I've been in a, in a hotel that nice, to be quite honest, <laughs> ever. I've been in a couple of nice ones, maybe so similar to that. But that's probably, like, like for me, the best hotel rooms I've ever been in, that's probably the room you're in. Um, I, it, it, I think that what set me back was the uh, the jacuzzi spa in, in the living room and the <laughs> – <laughs> the stripper pole that's that was yeah weird. It, I it that was basically like, if you
1: if you picture that set for the that all the japanese pornos are
0: this room yeah that's that's what my hotel room looks like this is it okay it's funny because every time i see a porn um i, I don't know if i told you this before but like i look at like the furniture and i can tell which ones are from ikea <laughs> God, <I'm> starting... <laughs> oh yeah i know <laughs> that, that's the Sliver yeah, I've got one of those at home. Right, I swear to God. I mean, look. My, uh, truth be told, pause it, uh, Cheryl, come and look. <laughs> right, you know this picture. <laughs> she put your dick back in your pants. Um, there is like pictures, and uh, it's it's really the picture because I just remember this one print, um, and it's like four stones. It's like kind of like like you would find in a beach, and it's kinda, it's grayish. And and white and I just know it when I see it and I well one time I saw that I was like oh, I know that fucking print. you got that IKEA well two guys are around <laughs> I'm looking at the fucking print I was like ah oh, it's nice I I know that one <laughs> nice nice table lamp too I know that one too ah porn God bless you oh yeah and I had
1: to delete TikTok as I explained to you yesterday <laughs>
0: yeah I was um. Uh... You were getting you were getting uh, lots of advertisements. Um, it wasn't. It,
1: it's just like it, when you open it, it's got the for you, like feed of suggested videos that the algorithm thinks that you will like. And mine was uh, just like, for some porn reason, porn seemed porn. to be like <laughs> exclusively <laughs> like women, uh, Asian women wearing not many clothes doing sexy dancing and I was like I've used this app like twice how does it already know the kind of shit I like to look at <laughs> so I kept getting distracted so I, I had to get rid of it in the end it was too much
0: yeah too much boner material yeah <sighs> I hear you. I know it got it's a little baby
1: now but I can't just <laughs> whip it out like I used to
0: <laughs> should be scarred for life sure would don't do that that would be terrible um yeah that's that's one thing that's considerably has dropped is that that um I've taken your advice a couple times and it's and it's uh it's worked we've done all right. <laughs> you with sound it. a bit
1: more chipper than you usually do, <laughs> yeah, that's what your problem was. you were just all <laughs> clogged up down there, weren't you <laughs> <laughs> I
0: guess so um uh, it's- it's hard to feel sexy during a pandemic, I get it um but yeah it's uh. I, I I do feel in a better mood this past couple of days. I don't know. Some I was having a conversation, and something kind of hit me hard. In that um, they were talking about how there's when the world experiences things like this in in a similar vein. There's always. Like, if you were going to describe this, this would be a dark time, right, in the world's history. This would be a dark time. I think we could say that. Um, but there's always, at the end of that, there's always something that is amazing that comes out of it. And I'll give you, like, a, maybe a terrible example, but I'll give you an example nonetheless. Um, like, at the end of World War II, right, Um nobody was thinking about you know the beatles right and nobody was thinking about the fucking you know or elvis or whatever the case may be um and yet those like like the beatles were like the first generation to come out of england that didn't have to worry about bombs being dropped on their head um and i think that there's something to be said about that and you look at all the times in 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 the world where where things have been sour it almost always there's always some color that comes out bright color that comes out at the end of that um so I don't know why but that really got me optimistic and it really got me and I don't know you know I might not even be alive for that to happen let's be truthful but but I know that that, that always happens and I don't know, that really put me in a real comforting spot. And I and even in the short term, and even in our little world of 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 pro wrestling, and our little corner of that little corner, you know that there's going to be greatness that comes of this. Um, in the sense of creativity and new thought and fresh ideas and excellence at their at, at their craft. Like, I'm excited for that. I'm I'm excited for what, once we get through this, and we know we will get through this, like, what is, what what is going to be at the end? What, what, what is going to be that, that vibrant color that m- might change the world and might change how we think and might change, I don't know, music or art or film or, um, Pro wrestling, that got me excited, and I and, and that may have. Look, I'm not going to lie to you, Joel. I, I, you know, there are times where every day, where it's like you know you fall into that funk, and you, I guess you can't beat yourself up over it. I think that's I think that that is an important thing. Because it's going to happen And it's going to happen a lot Um. Yeah, sorry to just jump in But there's, you know, all these people like
1: Oh, you should be using this time to learn a new skill And teach yourself this And if you don't pick up all these new skills Then that's on you, you're a failure Like Fuck off, be kind to yourself, you know This is a tough time If you feel like you want to spend the day in bed Watching YouTube videos of someone playing video games And eating junk food Then you fucking do it Because
0: you deserve it, you know yeah, I agree. Um, I agree 100%. Like, just just find your healthiest way to get through this. Now, again, there are people that thrive on, I'm going to do 5,000 burpees and Hindu squats and fucking, and I'm going to do push-ups. I'm going to do it, make sure the camera's on to make sure everyone can see me doing these. Okay, great. If that's what floats your boat, fine, whatever. That's what gets you through. But if you can, if you want to eat a fucking entire cake in your bed nude while watching fucking, you know, I don't know, Game of Thrones, that's cool too. Find your groove. Um, if you want to sit there and play drums to the, to the wee hours of the night, do it. If you want to re-watch pro wrestling, do it. Um, Like, I, you know that, people need that, but yeah, it's it's it, I, I it's going to happen. You're going to go through funks, um, but know that everybody else is too, and I think that's the important thing too. Like, because even Cheryl will be like, uh, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling kind of blue about this. I'm, I'm not feeling great. Blah blah blah, and it's like it's cool, feel it, and then you know it'll pass. <laughs> it always does. Uh, and just know that, you know, to expect it around the same time tomorrow. <laughs> <It's>
1: fine. <laughs> you know, I spent half my day yesterday doing When I was a kid, I had these uh, two VHS tapes. One was Where's Wally? I don't know if you know Where's Wally or maybe Where's Waldo. Oh, no, and it Waldo. Waldo. I know was Waldo, yeah. Countries. Sure. Right. Yep. And uh, a Super Mario Brothers cartoon. So I had these two VHS tapes and I've watched them so many times. And for some reason, I just... I ended up searching for them on YouTube, and I found them. And so I was just sat, I was just watching like these kids, fucking kids' cartoons for half a day, and I felt good afterwards. So yeah, just listen to yourself and be kind to yourself. And it just—it's all sort of about surviving, isn't it? We're going to get through yeah. this, but you got to ride out those waves. And you know, when you're feeling down, look after
0: yourself. You know. one hundred percent. Excellent. Excellently said. Um, let's talk pro wrestling. I have a couple things I want to talk to you about. And I want our listeners to... uh, Yeah, I feel
1: like the the obligatory weekly question about the state of these shows, particularly the US shows, just get it out of the way. Um, Daryl Sultana says, with the pre-sale of MSG show delayed once already, do we see it delayed slash cancelled altogether soon? So uh, what's your feelings on this at the moment?
0: Uh, I'm going to be truthful. And And I hate to... You know, come back from an upbeat number trying to get everybody's positive thoughts and everybody, you know, come on, you can get through it. Just, you know, do what you got to do. Um, Joe, I would be shocked if Madison Square Garden happens. And I think a lot of people have it in the back of their mind. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't even think they, they announced this. But wasn't there supposed to be something in Chicago that they were going to announce? And I might be letting the cat out of the bag on that one. But – um, I don't. I think Madison Square Garden can't possibly happen. Um, I think it would be irresponsible of the company to move forward in something like that right now. Um, yeah, can I jump I in with the,
1: another question with an alternative? Here. Yeah. Mark on the Discord says, would New Japan have to hope for a forced cancellation by city or state for Wrestle Dynasty, like the Collective and WrestleCon try to wait for, or do they have a different type of situation? So um, that I don't yeah, know. How does this play out?
0: Yeah, I don't that I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind I don't mean again, I don't know if there's a deposit that they have to put down to hold the date or or what that involves. Um no tickets went on sale, so it's not like they have to refund anything from that perspective where, you know, a lot of times for like WrestleMania and all those independent shows, the biggest challenge was getting refunding tickets because it was the ticket vendors, you know, the people, the third party who were selling the tickets that were holding up the the refunds, um, StubHub, all that shit. Ticketmaster is it Ticketmaster? It's still Ticketmaster. a <laughs> small thing. Um, it is. So, luckily, New Japan wouldn't have that type of issue if, if in fact they they went forth and said, okay, we're, we we can't possibly do this. I don't know. Like the, the good news is, is that New Japan Pro Wrestling has been very proactive, it feels like, in getting ahead of it and being realistic and being logical and looking at the data and looking at the information and saying, okay, we can't possibly run shows in Japan. If they look at the data, if they look at the numbers, if they look at where things are trending, if they look at anything, and I'm sure that they have people on the ground uh, in New York you know maybe i mean i don't even know if 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 he's there now tiger hatori i think he might still be in japan um but he he has a place in new york and i'm sure he has people in new york that keeps him informed he
1: was doing that little chat show thing with okada on worlds a few weeks yeah. ago so i think he's still in japan
0: yeah so i mean they know they know that they, they, they i'm sure they're they're kept abreast of the situation um I'm, I'm going to say – and I'll stick my neck out and say that while I hope and pray to the pro wrestling gods and whatever gods that would influence this type of thing, um, that it does happen. That we're all able to go to Madison Square Garden safely and enjoy a pro wrestling show together because let's be honest, the most memorable moments in our lives – are when you are with groups, whether that's a concert, sporting event, a wedding, whatever. It's those type of events. We're we're human beings. This is what we thrive for and thrive on. Even though we sit here and complain about people all the time, truth be told, if you look back in your life, a lot of those moments are with large crowds. I can't see it happening. I can't see... I, I can't... I say that there is a there is less than a fifty percent chance of New Japan coming to America. Period. I, I just don't see how r- this Madison Square Garden show can 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 happen. What um, if they
1: borrow some of that magic spray that Triple H was talking about that you can spray over <laughs> all the surfaces and nothing gets infected?
0: Get a, a lot of it and just. Hose it down. I like drive in like Steve Austin in the beer truck and just
1: start spraying. Well, um, I was watching Naked Gun the other day. Uh that oh, scene okay. where they're wearing the giant like body body size condoms. Have that's yeah. just wrestling those.
0: Yes. That would be that would be fantastic. Have everyone wear one. Uh, so I'll go on the record and say that. It's not happening. I'll go on the record and say it's not happening. Um, and and with with the hope and prayer that I am dead fucking wrong, I just don't see it happen. How about you, Joel?
1: I think at the very least it will get delayed again, but probably cancelled. Just the state of things in New York at the moment, I I can't see that being a good idea to even think about going ahead with that.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be tough ticket to sell. Nobody's going, look, when, when, when were they going to put on tickets uh, on sale? Yeah. They moved it to May. Yeah, and I said before, even people in our circles,
1: who are big fans of New Japan, were saying, mm, I don't know if I'm going to buy a ticket for this, I'm not sure I fancy it with everything that's going on. So even if they were to go on sale, you'd have to think a, a sizable proportion of the, the market, like, you know, the target audience for this, won't want to go.
0: The problem is this disposable income is now a thing that eh, people aren't really into. And what do I mean by that? Like you're buying, <laughs> like you're buying food, right? You're buying sanitizers and masks, and that five hundred dollar ringside seat doesn't seem as appealing right now. Because trust me, if you had five hundred extra dollars to spend. You're either buying stuff like that and, or you're saving your money um, because you don't know if you're going to have a job, <laughs> quite, quite honestly. Um, so, yeah. Um, look, I want it to happen in the worst way. I, it, what, a, what a great weekend it would be. What a great weekend it would be. Um I I just I just don't see how it happens. Um and I think I think everybody kind of I don't know if everybody sees it my way, but it just just in talking to people that I know um and and the the logic that New Japan has demonstrated during this whole crisis. I, I I'm just putting two and two together, and uh we'll put it on hold and we'll see where we where we go from here um if if that does happen joel they give me a i know i know it's impossible, but give me a time frame. do you think they just hop right into g one i guess is my question
1: hmm I was wondering about that. If they would shuffle things around, like for example, if they're back by then and they're facing the, the World Tag League, I wonder if they scrap might scrap the World Tag League, scrap that, scrap and the, replace that yep. with Best of the Super Juniors.
0: That's a great idea, actually. That is a great idea. I mean, if we're back and and we're running, the, the, this this autumn uh, time would be G One. Best of the Super Juniors.
1: And, and then, then you could do Best King. of the Super Juniors winner, gets the Junior shot at Wrestle Kingdom
0: or whatever. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that so all right, let's do this. Being that we're all over the place and it's uh it's one of those shows. So if that's the case, if they come back, G1, best of the super junior. What's Wrestle Kingdom? What's Wrestle Kingdom? In what sense? What's gimme your gimme your main event? Uh
1: well, my feeling f- from the start has been Okada Naito rematch. So I think Okada wins G1. Naito still champion. Mm-hmm. And then they they run it back.
0: I guess they'd have to. Would that I mean, give what, them? What other money matches have they got? Here's the thing with that, though. I they can make money matches right now in their pocket. They don't have anything, but I, I like. I don't know. I find that. Oh, and there's something to be like the, the January
1: Fourth Tokyo Dome show. That sort of the attraction and the brand power of that, in and of itself, is enough to, I think, shift most of those tickets. To be fair.
0: I hope so I think I think this will be a very low low attended Wrestle Kingdom you're not going to get the you know the 10,000 foreign travelers that 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 number is going to be cut down significantly I would think anybody that I talk to about it is like not not this year no not this year no not this year. We got a really um,
1: interesting question from Anwar Starwin who says In the darkest timeline scenario, if foreign fans are forced to quarantine for two weeks upon entering Japan, how much would that affect the turnout for Wrestle Kingdom?
0: A lot, right? <laughs> I mean, that's nobody's nobody look, I'm not going on a fucking airplane for fourteen hours in a recycled fucking air tube for fourteen hours. I don't care what I don't give a shit what disinfectant everything. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if I fly business and there's nobody near me, I'll go. <laughs> but but um, yeah. Actually, I mean, now that, you mention
1: it, there, there was uh, an interview on the website which Cola Blue on Twitter directed me towards. The uh, question Who had the most devastating put down? Naito calling Ibushi a geek or Ibushi calling Naito a delicate flower that needs the water of attention? But there was a really interesting tidbit in there that Naito was saying why not just have the Wrestle Kingdom main event being him versus Hiromu? Naito, he, he says he'll enter the G1, he'll win the G1, and winning the G1 as champion, then he'll face Hiromu.
0: I think that's what he said anyway. Right. Um, I, you know, I'm going to be truthful. I don't... I, I, I would be fine with anything. <laughs> right? Anybody who's going to sit there and fucking wag a finger over what this fucking Wrestle Kingdom main event is going to be... You can get right up the street. We, 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 we've lost six, seven months or we'll be losing six, seven months. Key shows like you, you got to give every pro wrestling company a bit of a pass here when it comes to building storylines and shit like that. Right. It's going to be a little bit of a different year. We can hit reset come January one or, you know, January five or, you know, dash, um, but until that time, if we're talking about storylines and we don't have enough built and all that nonsense, who gives a fuck? Let's get people back into the ring uh, and let's start from there. Uh, let's not. All right,
1: well, you know. back to your question. So, uh, Japanese Retro Game Center said. Let's do some hypotheticals. What will Wrestle Kingdom's attendance look like on January 4th, 2021? I'm thinking around 30K with a decrease due to a lack of foreign fans making the trip for obvious reasons. Let's hear your predictions. So, if you had to give like a ballpark figure, what would you say?
0: Yeah, I would probably say 30 low, probably 30 would be where we would sit, I think. I think. Yeah. But again, I think there's a lot that plays into it. <clears throat> I mean, you do want a sexy main event, absolutely, right? You want something that, that will at least get people interested in, th- in at least thinking about buying a ticket. I think, again, it's not a huge, f- massive factor, but it's a significant factor of people flying in for the show. It has become a bit more of a destination event as as the years go on. I think that's going to be eliminated. Not eliminated, but it's going to be cut down considerably. I don't know if the idea of social distancing and all of that is, I want to say relevant. Here's here, And the only reason I say that is this. Even when this was all going down in the early days, you still had packed trains right, in Tokyo. Right? You still had, you know, nightlife going on until they finally said, "Okay, we're, we're going to try our best to 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 squash that down, get some social distancing happening." I don't know if 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 they say, "Okay, everything's fine, we're 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 go- we're going back to somewhat normal," um, are people going to go back to baseball games? Are people going to go back to r- large wrestling events? I I kind of feel like th- there's a different mentality, and and they would. Whereas I just I don't know if I feel it the same here. I feel like there is that apprehension here of we need to have a fucking antibody or we need to have some type of uh, vaccine, or, you know, for this before everyone's going to get back to that normalcy. Of 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 this, um, I don't know if that's the same way in Japan. I don't. I don't know if they if the government just says, okay, we, we look to be clear. Well, let's open it up, and everybody just kind of okay, let's go. And you know, thirty thousand, forty thousand people make it to the dome. I think thirty thousand is is a is a good guesstimate for this year's Wrestle Kingdom as of right now.
1: Alright, well, that says all the questions we've got about prognostications over Wrestle Kingdom. Um, shall we move on to our classic watch along? Yeah, sure, let's do that. Maybe let's do it in chronological order. So, that would mean the first match we have would be the IWGP Tag Team Championship match between Kira Maeda and Nobuhiko Takada versus Keiji Muto and Shiro Koshinaka from 20th of March 1987. Uh which you mentioned last week, Damon. Very much on New Japan Worlds. Well, Do you wanna set the table for us? Give us the context on this, a bit of background.
0: Yeah, so again, keep in mind, uh Takata, Maida. Um, they they had a reputation. Um, and they were and, and New Japan played off of that reputation of being pro wrestlers that were a little bit different, a little bit outside the box with uh UWF involvement. Um, I mean, the promotion heavily pushed that UWF ism, uh, they, they would sell merchandise, you know, uh, not to a, to a, to a huge, you know, not, not that it was so carried away that it it was like an NWO, but to kind of think of it as something like that in the sense of this is a, a, I don't want to say a rival promotion, but a a a more than just a faction. Let's put it that way. And um, how they were treated. I love this tag team so much. And if you th- if if you look at, at the bodies that are in that ring, um, I mean Shiro Koshinaka had had a, had a pretty good run. And and there were times where he was upper mid card. Um, and there were times where he would challenge for for titles. So he, it's not like he wasn't a a, a main player. At, in a main piece of New Japan for many years. Wasn't like a top guy, but always a nice in the mix. Um, and then you have Kenji Moto, who, you know, goes on to be arguably their top star in the nineties. And these two other guys who changed the course of, of pro wrestling and dare I say, MMA, if it wasn't for that fucking shoot kick, let's be let's be very truthful here. If it wasn't for that fucking selfish shoot kick by Maeda on Choshu in 1987, we wouldn't have the the second version of UWF that blew for up. The
1: uninitiated, Obi. could you just summarize that for us?
0: Yeah. So um, again, they always had a bit of a a, uh, tough guy reputation, like a shooter reputation in New Japan. Um, Maeda and, and the original Tiger Mask formed the original UWF and they broke up. Um, a lot of it had to do with stylistic things where Sayama and, and, and wanted to do one thing and Maito kind of wanted to do another thing and then there was also finances and all that stuff. So that fell apart. Maita comes back. Uh and again, has this reputation of being this fucking tough guy. Like there's there's stuff online, um the uh, uh the Andre the Giant shoot where it was just Maeda kicking the fuck out of Andre in his legs. Um and Anoki has to come out and stop the match and shit. That's online. Um so he always had this bit of a of, of a rep uh Tukata, um had a rep but not like as like as much as it felt like Maida did uh but they were two pe'as in a pod with this u w f idea um so match eighty seven uh was a multi man tag match it wasn't even televised it was just some fucking house show and uh Ricky chose has it was just tense the whole match and even the the crowd really got behind Maida just because he had this shooter rep. It was just it was a weird thing. Like they almost egged it on, it felt like uh Choshu has I very, I couldn't even tell you who it was in the Scorpion Deathlock, and Maida comes in to break up the, the the fall and just belts him right across the eye with a kick. Choshu goes down, covers his face. He got fucked up. Um, and then, th- then the whole match kind of disintegrates. And Choshu wants to get back at Maeda to kick his fucking ass, or at least try to. Match breaks down. You know, This is all like on a handheld. Um, somebody t- videotaped it. Uh, so Maeda gets suspended. This is toward the end of the year. Uh, of 87 and it was a weird time because r- at the end of the year keep in mind they had that sumo hall show where they built up to choshu and Anoki that got all fucked up and that's where vader debuted and everybody hated it and there was a riot in the fucking building and s- they tore down sumo hall <laughs> they were started to light the fucking building on fire because because of the fuck job finish that they were they were presented um And Shoshu was starting to get a little bit, um, I'm going to say non-pushed, but it was just, you know, you could tell he was getting pushed aside for this Vader thing in 88. Anywho, Maeda forms, you know, he's suspended, but then he winds up, they don't renew his contract. It was him and Yamasaki. uh, They all formed UWF the second round, the second time around, and it blew up. I mean, they were selling out Tokyo Domes buildings for the shoot style kind of pro wrestling that, you know, turned into UWFI, which then turned into, you know, you could argue pride, right? Which turned into a big fucking thing, MMA in Japan. So <laughs> I remember one person tweeting out, <laughs> um, like, MMA started it with Maeda and. And and Sayama, not a bunch of pajama-wearing Brazilians. <laughs> uh, I just remember that tweet. So funny. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, I just gave you the history of Japanese pro wrestling in, in 10 minutes, but yeah, that was it. And I know we're talking about this match in particular, this title match. So again, this was uh, Cork and Hall. And um crowd was red hot. Even though they loved Takata and Maeda, they always felt like, you know, Root for the underdogs. And that's what they got here with Muda and, uh, Koshinaka. Um, they, they've, they fought back and forth a few times. And again, you're getting Muda before he's, you know, knees are banged up. And this is pre-excursion to Florida, WCW, turning into the great Muda. This is before that. Uh, it feels like you got all these guys at their peak. Takata, I fucking love Takata. Um... And if you like kicks, if you like spots where they sit and sh- exchange elbows and shots to the chest to kind of, you know, your your strongman spots, imagine that with kicks. Right? That's that's what Maeda and Takata brought to the table. You know, they, so.
1: they remind me a bit of Red Dragon. I'm sure Red Dragon were influenced by them, but just sort of the style, the kind of hybrid MMA sort of, and the kickboxing and all that stuff. It just reminded me of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Everything looked strong. Everything looked snug. Nothing looked weak. Um, and the thing about it is, is that Maeda is is really a big dude, like super tall. Um, he's just a monster. So, yeah, I, I mean, I love all these series of matches. Again, I've been going back and watching 87, and I'm kind of getting into 88 now. And, yeah, the heat in the building, I think the the match itself is pretty great um yeah i I just think like, like I said, watching back 87 this match stuck out like a sore thumb to me of, of being oh what a what a great moment what a great time all the talent that's in the ring, all of them at arguably some of the the, the peak physically um the heat in the building, the title change um yeah I'm, I was totally into this one yeah, I noticed
1: uh, I was quite surprised as much well, Just huge koshinaka chance the crowd really seemed to love him at Coracoin. And yeah, just like you said, the, the kicks when Takada throws that huge head kick near the start, I, I love that. Just really dangerous looking kicks in general. And then like when they actually engage for the first time, Takada nearly just rips his arm off. Uh, and I also thought like the Koshinaka and Maeda exchanges were really great. Like there was a bit where there was a jumping hip attack into a German suplex and the, the chops, really, really meaty stuff. And I just enjoy the moments where they abandon all the fancy shit and just start kicking lumps out of each other. So, uh, yeah, Koshinaki was a really great baby face and peril crowd really into him. And then when he, there's that moment, he nearly gets the inside cradle. And then there was a the backslide after that. And you could hear all the women screaming. It's just like, you yeah. know, that sound that we associate with like a, you know, John Cena in the WWE in the mid two thousands, but yeah, definitely getting vibes of that here. And just a really like breathless frenetic pace and sense of urgency. Uh, and again, it's just, there's something about this era and, uh, pile drivers, a double team pile driver was just a transition spot with zero reaction from the crowd, which I thought was wild and, and I thought in the finish it was quite unusual that they repeated the inside cradle spot for the win, uh, but yeah like you, I mean this match is really making me like Takada it almost reminds me a bit of Shibata getting those sort of vibes from him, and I want to see more of him so I'd like to do another Takada match at some point, maybe, I've, I've heard the Hashimoto match is supposed to be really good, but i will want to pencil for a future watch along
0: Yep, any of them. Um, I, I, w- I, I would share my entire 87 catalog with you. Um, there's a match with, with uh, Maida and um, Masasaito um, that turns into a bit of a bloodbath, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, there's stuff with, with uh, Fujinami that is pretty great. 87 is one of my favorite years. And here's the thing. 87 is one of my favorite years y'all. but even then there's stuff that you like you're left fucking with your head scratching over booking right like they 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 had this Fujinami Enoki feud that they were building for for it felt like months and then they just fucking dropped it like they never had the singles match. they never like carried it through. they never like you're, you're, it was baffling and frustrating. yet 87 was one of my favorite years of all time. Um so like when people complain about booking and complain about you, I mean I'm going to be honest with you it, there's it, even the best have moments that leave you scratching your head um but 87 87 88 is good um again we're getting into more uh Vader stuff um but I love I love eight, 87 had the uh the, the stuff at sumo the midsummer night dream shows Great. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely help you out there. Definitely look into Takata. Um, I think that tag team is what... That tag team is in my top three favorite tag teams of all time. Absolutely.
1: And the next match we looked at chronologically was the IWGP Championship match between Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi from the 9th of March, 2003. So, um... If I'm not mistaken, this was in the middle of quite a long run for Nagata. He won it on April 5th, 2002 and held it all the way until May 2nd, 2003. So he got in 10 successful defenses, I believe. So can you set the table for us for this match, please?
0: Yeah, well, first, uh, for me, I feel like Nagata is... People throw around underrated a lot, right? And I really feel like fans today don't get a full sense of Yuji Nagata. And only because he, you know, as as New Japan's popularity across the world grew, him, you know, physically and, and his career declined. So they were on polar opposite slopes. He's had some fucking pretty amazing matches. I don't know if this is one of the greatest matches he's ever been in, but he's been in some fucking great matches. Um, and that run is is pretty tremendous. Uh, <sighs> Am I right in saying he
1: was hamstrung by the, the quote-unquote Enochism? The fact that Inoki expected his top stars to be legit fighters, so he was thrown to the wolves and had... Two like his first two MMA fights were against Fedor Emelianenko and Mirko Krokop, who are like two of the greatest heavyweights in the whole history of the sport. So uh, if it weren't for that, then he could have been a much bigger star. He was he was treated somewhat unfairly. Would that be fair to say?
0: I think so. I mean, I don't think anybody would would dispute that. And I get what the thought process was, because Let's be let's be truthful. Pro wrestling really wasn't the cool thing at that time. It really wasn't. um And the yeah, idea of this was like of, the big
1: Kakatogi boom, and everyone in Japan is excited by like Pride. That was a uh, sort of kicking right. off at that point.
0: Right, and they wanted to kind of grab that, and that's always been like so Anoki to me felt like a guy that always wanted a piece of that pie. Like he always wanted pro wrestling to be that. Um, I mean proofs in the pudding with all of his mixed martial arts matches with, you know, all these different fighting styles and boxers and you name it. He wanted to be, you know, viewed as the king of sport and as the king of sport, the king of that king of sport. I
1: mean, it kind of would have made and sense at the time, right? I mean, it's easy for us in 2020 to look back and say, "Oh, we shouldn't have done that." But at the time, MMA was really increasing in popularity, so it, it right, it, it made sense, didn't it, that you want to capitalize on that somehow and uh, you know try and get some of the momentum and excitement for mixed martial arts and f- funnel it over to pro wrestling as much as you can.
0: Absolutely, I mean, that's that's. I mean, you can't fault the guy for we wanting that now he's always wanted that. And now it's, it's at a point where it's booming and he doesn't feel like he has the biggest piece of that. Right? Like, like you're imagine you're Antonio Noki and you spent the entire duration of new Japan pro wrestling to that point of establishing their pro wrestlers as what, you know, MMA is doing in, in a relatively short amount of time. You know, they—they—they—you they, they, you kind of feel like, well, what the fuck? This should be us. So, there, 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 there probably was a little bit of shoehorning in their pro wrestlers to partake in MMA stuff. That, quite honestly, they probably shouldn't have. Um, if the sh- if, it, I, like looking at it now and looking at it. You know, with a little bit of clearer eyes, honestly, you could see it's a, it's a mistake, right? But let me let me just play a what if. What if Yuji Nagata got a win over any one of those two guys? Yuji Nagata would be a massive star. Yuji Nagata would be talked about in 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 a very similar breath, the way that Sakuraba. Is talked about. Right? Like like if he got if he pulled out a win, and that's what Nanoki was just putting all his fucking chips on, mind you. But if he got a win Imagine that. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here. Are are these fights on the up and up? Do we? Do we? Do, are we one hundred percent certain that these fights are one hundred percent shoots?
1: Well, in Pride, I think there are a lot of reports that say that some fights were quite clearly uh, not legit. You know, I, I don't want to right. <laughs> call a record or anything, but yeah, there there are opinions out there if you look for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if, if, if is this a case of poor booking, right? Where a guy's going to go under either way. Um but let's just call it a legit shoot MMA fight. And Yuji Nagata wins. I mean, we're talking about a guy now that it, at the height of of MMA mania in Japan. Imagine what that would have done to his career. I mean, I think we would be talking about Yuji Nagata at a at a in a in a different level of respect than maybe he gets right now. And 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 I don't think that's his fault.
1: No, I guess everyone was sort of hoping to get Brock Lesnar. I mean of course this was before Brock Lesnar became a big MMA star, but you know, if you've got a pro wrestler who turns out to be a legit mixed martial arts star, as Lesnar did, you know, started off in WWF, had had his Oh no, it would have been WWE then actually, and then the failed NFL thing, but then transitions over to UFC, ends up becoming heavyweight champion. Then you've hit the jackpot. If you, you know, if if and when you decide to go back to pro wrestling, because you can say, you know, I'm a legitimate street fighter. Like I'm, you know, baddest man on the planet or whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, look, I just, I, I feel bad for him specifically. Like when everybody points to, uh, you know, Anoki get dipping his toes into the MMA stuff and having his his pro wrestlers get involved in it a little bit more. Like I just feel like he's the one guy that took the fall in a lot of ways, right? And he took he took he took the biggest loss. I feel like, um, and 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 I think that hurts him even in his pro wrestling career. Of not getting the the love that I think he deserves. Um, again, he's had some great matches. G- G1s are always pretty spectacular too. Um, and I just don't think he gets the credit that's due him. Um, and again, a lot of that has to do with the fact that, again, New Japan, upswing, his career, downswing. Um, but I think people... I'm not gonna say owe it to him because nobody owes anything, nothing. But I, I I think if you're looking for a hidden gem that maybe you might not be too aware of I and mean, we sat here and talked about Maeda and Takata. Go back and watch those old Yuji Nagata matches if you're if you're looking for something. Um I think those are things that even get left under the radar from massive pro wrestling fans. Um, when when it comes to recommendations so yeah uh, I, again I feel like he got the short end of the stick in all this
1: We've been talking a lot about Nagata but the reason I picked this match actually was because I wanted to find a genuinely good or very good Malibu Nakanishi match because of course he's recently retired and I wanted to dip back and see when he was at his prime so in this at this time early 2003 was there any chance do you remember when you were following it as a fan was there any chance that Nakanishi was going to win this one, that he was going to win the the big belt. Like what was the perception and the placement of Nakanishi at the time?
0: I don't know about this match specifically. Um I mean he was always a a big player. Like he had that they they all follow that same path. Nagata, Tenzon, um Kojima and Nakanishi were always kind of lumped in that same we, uh, you know how we talk about, you know, dojo classes. They were always kind of lumped in that same group. He, I mean, look, he was, I don't know if, if I would say he was groomed to be a uh, uh, heavyweight champion. I don't know if, if if he, you know, like he was like a chosen one where you knew right out of the gate. up oh, that's a guy like, again, maybe an Okada or maybe a... Um, Fujinami, or a, uh, I won't even say Choshu, but just because of all the political dealings. But you know what I mean? Like, he was never, I don't, I don't, never got the sense that Nakanishi was the guy that they were grooming to be the guy. I think he became a guy um, that they, that they would put in that position only because they spent so much time invested in him, right? And, and, um, That it was, was and and truth be told, they didn't didn't feel like they had a lot of other options at the time. I could be dead wrong, but my recollection is they didn't really have all that much to fucking go for um, at the time. So yeah, uh, I guess those two factors being the biggest factor of they spent so much time invested in him. Why not? Let's give him a shot. And two, I don't really think they had a lot of great options to go with.
1: See, when I opened this match up on New Japan World and I saw the length of the file, I was like, fuck, what have I done? <laughs> what have I let myself in for? But I can safely say I it fl- flew by, honestly. You know, it's an yeah. incredibly long match, but it didn't feel like it was padded out, really. And the crowd help play into that because there was a group of lads at the start who had like their little coordinated screen for Nakanishi you could hear them be like three two one Nakanishi which I thought was really funny and I mean you did get the feeling that they were going to go Broadway early on just the way that they were pacing themselves but I still found it really compelling because even from early on you've got Nagata laying the kicks in like the work is all very snug and the match was a slog but in a yeah. good way and like, everything looks painful I thought Nakanishi's selling was really good like when he was in the figure four because the you know that's what the match was built around the, the selling of his leg which is uh, it, you know some facets of your ring work you never really lose but you just don't get the chance to show it like you used to so this is not something that I as a modern fan are used to seeing from Nakanishi but he was really good at it but I mean even back then this is what 17 years ago he wasn't particularly mobile but there's right. a real weight and a sense of purpose about everything that he does and everything in this match, really. I mean, we've got the story of Nagata chopping down Nakanishi's leg, and any matches where you've got like the you know, when they chop each other and you get the spray of sweat just uh, illuminated by the light that always pops me, and there's plenty of that here. And in this match, you've got an hour, and Nakanishi just takes an obscene amount of punishment. Like most of the match is Nagata basically kicking seven shades of shit out of the big man. But he he will occasionally fire back with a big power move, like a big fall-away slam, and it's really dramatic just because of the way that it's, it's laid out like that. It, there's a Simpsons episode where Homer becomes a boxer and like he wins his matches because he absorbs so much punishment that his opponent gets tired and he's able to knock them out. So, And actually, for all I say about Nakanishi's lack of mobility, his ability to, to bump is spot on. And a lot of the match is him desperately trying to weather the storm and stay on his feet while Nagata's laying into him, but in those choice moments where Nagata, like, for example, takes one of his legs out, he goes absolutely flying, and it just looks tremendous to see such a big guy crash and burn like that. So, I was surprised like how much babyface energy there was for a big lad like Nakanishi, and there were just great dramatic peaks like the, the top rope flying lariat, which gets a huge crowd response, again, just because of the pacing and the structure of the match. And as we got towards the end, it had like a similar energy to a big UFC title fight that goes deep into the championship rounds where both guys have beaten the hell out of each other like uh, Roy McDonald against uh, Lawler or Shogun vs. Henderson, matches like that. And You're not getting any thrilling, high-flying or fancy moves, but just an absolute dogfight between two pros who are given no quarter. And like even late into the match when the crowd are fully behind Nakanishi and chanting his name, and they're desperate for him not to tap out to Nagata's wide arsenal of nasty submissions. And you see him, like, frenetically elbowing his way out of a backdrop driver hold, and it's like the expression of panic on Nakanishi's face really sells that sense of danger. And then every bit of offense that he gets in is like, it's seized upon, it's celebrated by the crowd, who just seem desperate for him to win. Like, for example, there was a bit where he he gets a rear waistlock. And the crowd are just losing their minds because they think there's a big suplex coming. And in the closing stretch, you always get this with the the matches that sort of approach the time limit. That buzz from the crowds, that sense of excitement. And you get this sort of kind of fever pitch of noise. And, like, Nakanishi's going for the, the cheeky little inside cradle. The roof's about to come off. And then there's the, the German suplex faint into the roll-up. And he's just, like, desperately trying to think, Ah, oh, I've got, you know, five seconds left. What what can I do to, to get the win out with, the, you know, seconds ticking away on the clock? And he goes for the scoop slam. And then the bell goes. I just thought it was incredibly dramatic. And I was just so impressed with this match, even though it was an hour long. I loved it. I thought it was terrific.
0: Wow. Yeah, you definitely liked it a lot more than I did. Um, I liked the match. Uh, And I guess this might be me to a fault. And I'll ask you this, because I I, I don't see that it does, but I'll ask you. Is this a match that holds up? And I'll say this. this is Is this a match that holds up with matches that were great before it? Or... Is this a match that, is, that holds up to matches after it? Like, could you plop this match on a modern-day New Japan show and do you think it would fit? Do you think it would be, you know, would we be raving about it? And do you think that it matches before it? You know, maybe some, some classic matches that you watched before. Do you think that those matches outperformed this match?
1: I think it's a question of your expectations going in it, because maybe for a contemporary audience who were used to watching, you know, big heavyweight mixed martial arts fight, this might have tickled that itch, you know? And if you go into it and you know what to expect from Nagata, you know what to expect from Nakanishi, this is about as good as you could hope for an hour-long match between them. I don't think you would have something like that these days, because if you're going to go broadway with a big new japan match then it's usually an athletic spectacle where you know it's guys like okada and omega where they can do you know a a little bit of everything you know some high flying maybe a, a table spot here and it's not just two big dudes just like beating the crap out of each other in the middle of the ring so i'm not sure it would hold up with a modern audience but i kind of feel that at the time it would have been exciting for me to watch
0: yeah yeah to me, like I to f- as a comparison, that tag match, I, I really feel like you could put that tag match and you could put it on World Tag League this year, and it would fit absolutely perfectly. And again, this is a match from nineteen eighty fucking seven, right? Whereas this match, I don't know if I could if I could say the same. Um, and I, I really feel like it encapsulates an absolute style and moment of pro wrestling like 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 you know how like when you hear 80s music and it's like oh that's definitely 80s music the drums this the synths, yep okay that's an 80s tune or even oh that's a 90s song the grungy guitar but like that is the epitome of 2000 early 2000 pro wrestling Jap- japanese pro wrestling anyway like the 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 big men maybe not as mobile um uh you know the the beefiness the mma influence um I'll tell you what, I never expected an hour, right? <laughs> that's one thing for sure. Uh, I thought they did good with the hour that they had, but yeah, this this is, this is a match that fits perfectly in that early 2000s bubble, yeah.
1: I think with this style of match these days, you do get this kind of match, but it's like a never open weight title fight and it's like 20, maybe 25 minutes.
0: Right. You wouldn't get right. an hour of this. Right. Right, I think an hour is is a little bit of an overkill. Yeah, I would agree. All right, there you go. What, what did you think? Give me, give me, um, give me a scale of one to ten of your enjoyment on this match particular.
1: Um, the first half of it wasn't very exciting because I knew that it was going to go long. So there's only so much drama you can get. It does sort of compromise the, the dramatic integrity of the match when you know that it's going long, but. I enjoyed the second half of it so much that I'd be willing to slap a hearty four stars on it. I, I enjoyed oh, it a lot.
0: Okay. Yeah, so that's about... I'm about there. I'm like three and three quarters for, you know, a scale of one to ten, maybe. I'm in like the six sevens. Um, okay. That's, that's, that's I, and I don't want
1: right I, like, I to be one of these people that's like, oh, well, the, you know, nothing happened in the first... 20 minutes of the match but the closing stretch was really exciting so four and a half stars you know because that's nonsense but the the first half was good and it made sense with the story but it wasn't dramatic so right. there you go that that's my th- thoughts on it um, our next match then was G1 climax 22 final cuz you've got Okada versus Karl Anderson from the 12th of August 2012 which you can hear uh, a watch along with the uh, great Kevin Kelly and Gino Gambino and Chris Charlton. They stole our idea, Damon. They they did a podcast <laughs> on it that was released just yesterday, or maybe it was earlier today. So, uh, yeah, if you want some further information on that, you can just listen to their podcast instead. So, uh, moving on to our final match. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I mean, we picked this I was one. Like, because... <laughs> I was actually thrilled that you said that. I was like, all right, fuck yeah, do that. <laughs> no, I, I want to talk about this match because I, oh, okay. I think it's – a safe bet that machine gun Carl Anderson might be on his way back to new japan pro wrestling sooner or later so i wanted to see what he was all about and this was a really interesting time because i don't think many people were expecting this to be the g1 climax final and of course damon you can set the table for us but this is before the bullet club and this was the same year as the Okada Rainmaker Shock. So I think the year before, 2011, what what was it? Like Naito Nakamuraji won one final? So I think people were surprised to see this as the final. And Carl Anderson is in a very interesting spot. I mean, this is a huge opportunity for him. So give us a feel for where Anderson was in the pecking order at the time and what fans thought of
0: him. Uh, middle, I mean, to me, he was... Middle-of-the-card middle guy. Um, I don't know if there was no indication that he was going to do as well as he did. But there were, to me, there really wasn't a great... Like, a, like, it wasn't like you were going into G1 thinking Carl Anderson's the guy, right? Um, with that being said, his performance, you could say, you know... Any any other year after that, it's like okay, he's he's a main player now. Like um, I, he I don't want to I don't want to just cop out and say he was just a guy because he he, cause he felt a little bit more than that. Like you know what he reminded me of, um, back then to 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 a guy that, um, we talked about. Many times, especially during G1, was Tamatanga, coincidentally Bullet Club, right? Um, right, he was in Carl th- corner in this match? Yeah, um, like when we would always talk about Tamatanga being in G1 and how well he could do and how he should get a shot, and even in New Japan Cup, like that was a lot of talk of, of like Carl Anderson. Um, he had some stuff with Godot right he had um refresh my memory he had some uh, they, they won tag there. league yeah, that tag year
1: league. 2012 yeah. as sword and guns
0: yeah he's i don't like he's not underrated But like, so to answer the question, going into the G1, no one, at least no one that I talked to anyway, was was like, okay, he's the guy that's going to do it. But then he was collecting wins, collecting wins, collecting wins, collecting wins. Um, To me, this is... I mean, look, sorry, looking at this G1 block that he's in, Yujiro Takahashi, Toriyano,
1: Naomichi Marafuji, Satoshi Kojima, Minoru Suzuki, Yuji Nagata, Shelton Benjamin, Hiroshi Tanahashi. I mean, he's winning this block over some pretty big names, you know, like Tanahashi, Nagata, Suzuki, Kojima... You know, it's not nobody's that he's beating on his way to get there.
0: Right. Right. I mean, they announced those blocks. I I don't think anybody's, like, circling Carl Anderson's name on that, you know, to get out of that, that block. And the performance that he had, keep in mind, he's wrestling, I mean, arguably two of the greatest pro wrestlers in modern pro wrestling. Um. So you know you, you have nice dance partners to to, to do this with. And this was back in the day that... when it was on this sorry on the same night. So it's not like
1: yeah. it is now, where you get A block and B block finals on the separate day to the final. So earlier on that day, Carl Anderson. Well, I say earlier in the day. I mean, I would have been what shortly before the intermission. Carl Anderson right. wrestling Tanahashi and managing to get a win over him.
0: Right, which which is a, a pretty great match in and it itself. And I think that was the biggest shock, right? Uh, I mean, obviously him not winning, you know, is (laughs) would have put a put the uh, the cherry on top, mind you. Um, But yeah, I don't think anybody sat there. I think he was one of those guys where it was like, okay, this is where he loses. Okay, this is where he loses. Okay, this is where – okay, he's going to get point eliminated. Okay, this is where, and he constantly didn't <laughs> – that didn't happen. Uh, and then when he had the chance – you know, the winner of, of Tanahashi and 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 Carl Anderson, you know, taking on um, Okada. Again, I don't think anybody – again, it wasn't like we had a podcast and it wasn't like, you know, I was, you know – Jumping around online, talking to a million people about it, but at least in the small little pocket of people that I knew that would, would that was talking about this or that I would see, I don't remember Carl Anderson ever being the guy that they were like, okay, he's going to win, right? Um, I, I think everybody thought it was going to be Tanahashi and Okada. I, th- I think this is Carl Anderson's crowning achievement in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I but really did do. You, I,
1: did you get a feel after this like? oh, this guy was so successful in this match that he's going to be in line for a big push because it never really happened, did it? I mean, I guess you could point to the likes of uh, Prince Devitt or, or AJ Styles coming into the company and he kept getting sort of pushed back in the queue and stuck with the tag stuff. But, you know, it seems like, okay, prior to this, he's a tag guy. So he's, you know, wrestling with uh, Giant Bernards and the Bad Intentions tag team. And then you watch this and you think oh, he's going to break out and become a big single star, but he doesn't. He just goes straight back to the tag stuff. So he's tagging with Gotto, and then later he's uh, the Guns and Gallows with Doc Gallows in, when Bullet Club is formed. So he never gets back to, to anywhere close to this level, does he?
0: No, not really. I mean, and I don't know if uh, what the reasoning behind that would be, and I don't know if that was a booking decision or a contract decision or, or, or what, what that would be so i can't speak to that but yeah i mean i guess looking back on it you would think that there would be a little bit more of a singles push for the guy um I'm trying to think if, I'm trying to think back if he's ever challenged for other titles and nothing nothing's coming to mind should probably check that but you know in any intercontinental singles chances or anything like that yeah. I mean, look, the guy became pretty well known for, for being in a faction and being a, a you know, tag team. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't put my – Yeah, you would think he would be pigeonholed in a singles program for a long, long time after the G1 performance. But, yeah, it doesn't necessarily feel like he's as known for that as opposed to his tag stuff.
1: Yeah, because I was kind of getting Juice Robinson vibes from him. You know, a guy who's been through the dojo and is becoming popular with the uh, domestic fans. But, I mean, anyway, let's get into the match. So, Like I said, Okada's coming off the back of the, the Rainmaker Shock at New Beginning. So I, it was his first G1 as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was interesting to see Hiromu, Evil and El Desperado as the young lions in this. And then there's a, a little moment in the when they're doing the ring introductions where they get give a little machine gun sound effect uh, for Carland, yeah. which I thought was pretty cool. And he's, he's getting huge chants from the crowd there. He sounds really over, and he works the crowd well. And, you know, there's a clean break for, at the start. So it's, the crowd are fully behind him, and they're pretty well matched in the early grappling exchanges, and there's the early Rainmaker gun stunts That gets a big response. So, I mean, the story of the match early on is that he's going after... Okada's Raymaker arm, but that's kind of dropped later on in the match, which minus a few few points from me because, you know, I'm fussy about stuff like that. But Okada, for his part, is targeting Anas' neck and I, I just always find that when Okada is in control of matches, like when he's dominating and working over people's necks, that's more interesting for me than when Okada's the babyface in peril because, one, it's more believable when, you know, a brilliant wrestler like Okada is able to control a match and it also... Makes sense because uh the the kind of moves that he's laying and going after the neck is all building up to the big rainmaker towards the end. So it, it's just more interesting for me than him on the back foot. Like the Naito match at uh, Naito Wrestle Kingdom 14 when Okada is the guy's in control, I just find it more dramatic that way. uh There was a really nasty kick exchange on the apron, which I thought was great. And yeah, just I mean, I was focusing on Carl Anderson because we know what Okada can do. But he, I just found it very dynamic, very good underdog babe, baby face energy. He's got these big, fun, energetic comeback spots. He's got a nice high-impact moveset, nice range of high kicks, drop kicks. And so, yeah, we had it playing out with Okada's sort of playing heelish. He's doing the ruthless moves, like he's dropping Anderson on the railing, the DDT to the floor. We had the count-out tees. And just like he's, even back then, in this early point in his career, Okada, is so good at, like, just the little smirk at the crowd as he hears the crowd turning on him just that little grin on his face it's just so brilliant he doesn't get enough credit for that and like when he does the Raymaker pose there's booing from the crowd and I just also find it interesting to see how his moveset has evolved because he's doing this sort of Jave Jave I don't know how to pronounce it uh, influence moves like the Deep in Debt and Heavy Rain and stuff like that which he's now dropped um, and then we got into the closing stretch crowd were really into the near falls and then Anderson does the Bernard Driver which is a little tribute to his previous tag team partner and they've got the great reversal sequence you know like the finisher dance as we call it now at the end I just thought it was a really really exciting match I enjoyed it a lot and Okada ends up as the youngest G1 winner and this is the first time it would lead on to be the Ref Kingdom title shot so really enjoyable match and I I don't expect Carl Anderson to come back to the company and be slotted into this point but I would certainly be interested to see him have a little run as a singles wrestler because watching this match, I know it was eight years ago, but I don't know how physically demanding his WWE run was. I know you worked a lot more dates, but the actual in-ring stuff might not be as taxing. So I'll be interested to see where he's slotted in when he comes back.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was, I was while you were while you were describing the match, I was like, you know what? I know that Carl Anderson had some singles matches and I just couldn't remember and and looking back he did. Um uh, and they all seem to center around previous Dantaku shows. Um where uh he, he had matches with uh Nakamura um in two thousand and twelve and then um there's a contract. So Um, He had a feud with Okada that led uh, to him unsuccessfully challenging for Okada's Wrestle Kingdom 7 title shot contract. That that was at King of Pro Wrestling. Um, And then at Power Struggle, he challenged uh, Nakamura for the Intercontinental Championship. So he has been involved in a little bit more higher profile title shot opportunities before – Forming Bullet Club, and that, and again, keep in mind, Bullet Club was formed theoretically was him turning on Tanahashi um, when uh, Bullet Club was formed. So I think uh, I think he had a little bit more of a singles career than even we give him credit for. So there you go.
1: And our final match on our watch along was in 2015. It was the Best of Super Juniors 22 final between Kushida and Kyle Riley, 7th of June, 2015. And this is the first time I've watched this match. Uh, could you give us really? some context for both guys, Damon.
0: Uh, I mean, Kushida, we, we know. We remember him, right? Uh, he was a guy that was the... Or at least he tried to be the ace of the junior division. And... To me, one of my favorite juniors and arguably the best junior there, Red Dragon. Um, They had just come, I think it was that very year they came to New Japan um, for the first time. And they were just starting to get, I don't know if just starting, but they were were making a lot of noise in Ring of Honor um, and getting a lot of buzz. And this is kind of like one of those career launch point matches between these two. Um, I think both of these guys are probably at their, t- if not peak, but really close to their peak. Awesome match. I, I, seriously, I can't believe this is the first time you saw this match. Um, I love both their style I uh, look, if I could take both of those guys, I said before, Red dragon, I would take back in a heartbeat. I would take back in a fucking heartbeat. I thought they were tremendous in, in new Japan, and even though we talk about Kushida a lot and what else could you do with the guy? you know you can't make him a heavy or you know maybe challenge you know, have him challenge for the never title was a, always a thought, I would take him back in a heartbeat too. I really would. I think he's a missing piece um so you put those two together? <laughs> fucking magic and they had a bunch of matches that were really good um and this was just one of them
1: interestingly i actually watched the access tv version that was commentated by jim ross and josh barnett on commentary so uh and i noticed there was an interesting entrance video for Kushida with him as a kid doing you know you see these videos on twitter of, like he's doing salts and Stardust presses and stuff onto a mattress. So there's Kashida doing that, which I thought was pretty cool. And you get like real top quality mat wrestling, exchange of submissions at the start and throughout this match, really. And and I just think Kylo Riley's so good. He's, for me, like the complete package because he's got his grapplings, his submissions, his striking. They all look legit. I think he's incredibly charismatic, even when he's tag wrestling. And I think it's a credit to him that that's managed to shine through in NXT as well. So you got both guys as submission specialists. It's kind of a unique kind of match. Both guys going after the arm. And yeah, like we discussed, an MMA influence here. Uh, really creative chaining of submission and pinning combinations. Almost reminiscent of like uh, a Zack Sabre Jr. Kind of thing we'd expect from him these days. So uh, Kashida's selling his left arm really well. Like even when he's chopping Kyle Riley with his right arm, he's like shaking out his left arm, which was a nice touch. So Incredibly fun submission scrambles and transitions. And I thought Josh Barnett was really good on commentary to, to sell those submissions and explain you know, how they're working, what you need to do to get out of them, where where the pressure, where the pain is. And some amazing spots like the top rope double wrist lock DDT. That looked absolutely brutal. Uh, moonsault into the triangle. That was a really cool spot. The, the guillotine on the apron, that was reversed into a brain buster on the edge of the ring. And then you just get that excavation of the strike exchanges. Towards those moments where like Kushida would land his massive punch, you know, the baseball punch or a big elbow or something. And the finish was terrific, I thought. The way how Kushida just boots Kyle O'Reilly in the arm before putting in the hoverboard lock. And then Kyle's like edging over to the ring, he's grabbing his own tights with one arm and he's desperately reaching for the rope with the other, and he's inches away, you think he's gonna get it, and then Kushi just rolls him over and gets the win. It was really dramatic. I was just an outstanding match.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I miss them. I, I think uh, I think they were a perfect fit. I love them as I, I love again. I think Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are tremendous. I love their run in New Japan. I would love to see them back. Um, I want yeah, to say I think
1: their NXT run has been great as well. They've had some terrific tag matches. So it's not as if they're not putting in good work these days but it's just a sh- wasted opportunity like uh, uh, NXT at the moment they're having their little cruiserweight tournament and they got Kushida in it but they didn't bother putting Kyle O'Reilly in it so you think anyone with like a, uh, a cursory knowledge of the history between the two it would be a no brainer to at least put them in the same block or something but nope and it's kind of
0: sad The missed opportunities it is and and but here's the thing too it's like don't and this might be a terrible thing to say but I'll say it anyway but uh, Don't you think, don't you wish that their run was terrible in NXT? Because of anybody that you can point your finger at, right, and think, okay, they left New Japan, they went to WWE or NXT, like, name me a person who who has grown or maybe name me a team who has grown and they have <laughs> you know like it seems like they have actually f- like flourished um, which sucks because you want it, you want it not to be so that they be discouraged and leave and come you know come <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you
1: I mean I, I want to see good wrestling I don't care which promotion it is like that's what frustrates me about WWE because it could be good but it isn't and I know it it, it could be better so that's what frustrates me about so if you know th- overnight Suddenly, WWE started pushing the right people and allowing wrestlers to go out there and have great matches like they're perfectly capable of doing, then I'd be delighted because there'd be more good wrestling to watch. So, I think NXT has had maybe the best tag division in any you know, the whole world. They, for me, on their takeover shows, the tag title matches always deliver, and that's been the case for many years. So, I always enjoy seeing those tag matches and I'm pleased to see what they call undisputed era putting on good matches there but yeah i I hear you from the sense of like it would be really great if they came back to New Japan and I mean who knows they might but uh they seem to be doing well for themselves in, in NXt at least I don't know if they get called up to the main roster that'll probably end up dying on its ass but I just I like seeing them having good matches
0: yeah I mean like I said of, of all the the new Japan talent that has ventured over to Vince land um, to me, it's that whole entire undisputed era group have really, they've, they've, and, and, and not at the, at the um, expense of having good matches. I mean, I what I, I say that they're on the level of what I think they could perform in a new Japan ring. Mm, probably not. But I mean, for what, I think they're the cream of the crop when it comes to if I want to watch good pro wrestling and WWE and NXT are my options I mean I'm going I'm, I'm I'm they're they're my first watch absolutely
1: as far as tag wrestling goes I would say that NXT has better tag wrestling than New Japan does
0: um I mean that might change we were we were I mean you can only go by what was produced, mind you, but I think New Japan was on a nice little uh nice little upswing beginning of this year. I mean, I love the idea of of where they were going. That could that, that could have changed two thousand and twenty. That could have changed. Um yeah, we, we were gonna Tana, get Tana
1: Tana, Tana. And against Zack and Taichi.
0: Ah, it's not fair, yeah. is it? No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, a juice and David Finley, I would take, and 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 again, you want to throw in God in that mix? I'm fine with that. Um, and and now you know you got other teams that are out there in the mix that are might be interesting to 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 look at. Um, no, nah, I think tag team wrestling was going to be pretty exciting in 2020, but what? COVID nineteen.
1: Dip into a few questions then before we go. Oh yeah, Manabu wants me to ask you. There's a are you familiar with the company Blue Bottle Coffee?
0: Blue bottle coffee? I'm not. What, I,
1: I believe it's a why? Japanese company. Does that sound weird to okay. you? Like when you hear blue bottle coffee, do you think of the insect, the blue bottle, the big fly?
0: No, I do not. <laughs> no, why? No. I because he wanted to going? ask you that.
1: I was chatting to him, I was like, oh have you got any questions for the show And it's like, yeah, ask David about the blue bottle coffee thing I was like, okay, I was expecting a resting question But there you go, um, alright, let's do I don't know this. anything about blue now No, what, I mean, what, what, what was I supposed to know? Is this what, a just reference a, of something? No, like, if, if you were to say to me, blue bottle Do you have that in the States? Like, blue bottle is the name of a bug The big, the big fly
0: We do not have anything called oh, a blue bottle Oh,
1: maybe it's a British thing
0: then yeah, we do not have that.
1: All right. Well, there you go.
0: There's your answer, Manabu. <laughs> All right. I uh, thought he was trying I thought he was trying to speak to me in code. No! Like, hey. <laughs> like, like I had to break a code or something. I'm like, okay. is he trying to smuggle drugs into the... Con- what am I trying to do? <laughs> I don't know. All
1: right. Uh, Nehek says, I've been stuck at home for what feels
0: like an eternity. Damon, which will fail first, eh. my liver
1: or my wallet?
0: Uh, uh, my liver will fail first. <laughs> actually, I've, if, if anything, I've actually been saving money, which is shockingly... Um, but yeah, so yeah, my liver. I I'm up to. I'm like a six pack a day. I'm like a six pack a day. Terrible, and and I don't get hungover, which is more frightening to me. That's the worst part because it's like, oh, I'm fine in the morning. All right, let's do it again today. <laughs> it's fucking unbelievable. Uh, Infinity says, what
1: are things from New Japan Pro Wrestling that cause the biggest difference of opinions or arguments between Damon and Joel? It can be certain wrestlers, matches, or booking decisions. We're usually on the same page, aren't we? I can't think of any huge disagreements. Friends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, No, I mean, wrestling-wise? What would be our biggest... I don't see it. Maybe, yeah. Honestly, probably southern style pro wrestling would be like you're not going to sit there and watch. Like I've offered, I'd be like, I got all this Memphis stuff, I got all this UWF stuff, I got all this mid south stuff, and you're like, nah, not for me. Um, I'll never watch it. Um, where I kind of, I, I really enjoy that old 80s style uh, episodic TV in the studio. I dig that. So that might, that might be our biggest difference when it comes to pro wrestling. All right. I had a screaming
1: oh baby my God, what's dumped happening? my lap.
0: Mally's just what? saying,
1: she, Mally's coming with a scream baby. She's just dumped the baby in my lap and been like, Joel, I need my own time. I need a shit. I need a shit. She goes, I need She's a masturbating. shit. masturbating. Gives me the screaming baby and is just fucked off. So, he, that's the end of the podcast, folks. Uh, All right, we're, that's we're the wrapping wrap it up, up. Them. David, can you do the yeah, plugs, oh, You want me to <laughs> the name close us out? I mean, you might
0: did- I'll do the plugs, sure. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, follow us on Twitter, at uh, the Super Cast. Buy a t-shirt uh, at prowrestlingtees.com slash Super Jcast. Um, Red Circle is what we do. If you want to throw some money our way, we certainly deserve it. we got a crying baby who needs formula. That's what we need. Um... Send your questions. Uh, Go to the Discord. The link's in the Twitter bio. Uh, Thank you for listening. And goodbye.